Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Hey, Ryan. It's good to see you, my friend. Drew, awesome to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity uh, and the invitation. Uh, it's my it's my pleasure. You know, what I love about doing this, Ryan, is, you know, there, there are some people I've known my entire life and some people I've, I've recently met. And and it's always a great feeling that when you meet somebody for the first time. Now, granted, we have to thank Oscar Capel for the introduction. I always like to thank the person. So Oscar knew there was a reason why we had to meet. And we realized what that reason was on our last call. Absolutely. And I wanted you on because I have men and women on this show who have gone through some heavy stuff in life and they made a decision not to retreat. They made a decision to move forward and become stronger people because of the adversity and how they handled it. So that's why I wanted you on because you have a very good story, a compelling story. And for now, I'd like you to think back as far as you feel like it and pinpoint that defining moment in your life, Ryan, where it was almost like a two by four hit you outside the head and you finally woke up and said, man, Ryan, there's a better way to live. I don't have to live this way. I'm going to change some things. And whatever that decision was has molded you to who you are now. And I want to learn that that route, that circuitous route, because life is not linear. Do you mind sharing that defining moment with us, your story? Life is definitely uh, not linear. And um... <laughs> Yeah, the I, I think the biggest lie that people tell us is time is a flat circle. No, it's not. Come on, it's it, it's like the it, it's like, and I'll get to your question, but it's like the it's like when you're trying to figure out if a pen is dried up, and you're like making the squiggly marks on the paper trying to get the ink to flow again. That's that's a lot more uh, metaphorical about what life actually. Is. Very true. <laughs> All right. So, but to answer your question, I do need to give a little bit of context here. Um, my parents um, were complicated people. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up, you know, they were plenty. You know, there was always love. There was always, uh, you know, there was always the necessity, food, clothing, shelter, all that stuff. But my parents were both addicts. My mom was an alcoholic and my dad was an alcoholic as well as some heavier stuff. Mm -hmm. And as your audience probably understands, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to families of addiction, it's never just the addict that's in active recovery that gets affected. And, um, and there was also, you know, there was also some, you know, some estrangements and some traumas and stuff that went on in my family when I was a younger child. But I want to focus on a specific moment, maybe a month or two after my father passed away, which this was in December of 2014. Okay. Um, he, you know, he was eaten up with cancer and and you know had some you know infections and stuff like that i mean he right. he he was it was his time to go right but he was only 63 oh my goodness okay yeah uh, my mom was 59 when she passed away oh, but geez, Ryan. there's okay. one moment 
when my dad passed a few months after my dad passed away, that just hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. My dad was a musician and a musician coming of age in the seventies. You can probably see where a lot of lot, like a lot of his addictions started to Mm -hmm. take hold. Yeah, absolutely. But he was, he, he could play anything with a keyboard. You know, the Hammond organ was his instrument, his mm. his weapon of choice. So to speak. Right, right. And after my mom passed away in 2009, dad started getting the bug again. He had stopped playing for so long. He was, mm. you know, the businessman, fell into some depression, but he started getting the bug again. Right. And one of his dream instruments was a Fender Rhodes piano. Mm. Okay. <laughs> now, if your audience is not familiar with that particular instrument, if you've ever heard the Beatles get back, okay. There's a keyboard break played by the late Billy Preston in the okay. middle of that song that was played on a Rhodes piano. Okay. You know, guys like Stevie Wonder, Donald Fagan from Steely Dan, um you know, Larry Dunn from Earth, Wind and Fire, just a lot of the big musicians of mm-hmm. the 70s. Um, you know, that was his in- that was their instrument. Right. And dad managed to find one. Wow. And had started, you know, he started playing a little bit. But um, as he started to get sick, as his depression started to get worse, the dust just started piling up on this thing. Uh-oh. And I remember coming over to his place, maybe, you know, it's been like maybe three or four months after he passed away. Right. And, it, you know, it was late at night, you know, maybe around 10, 11 o'clock, something like that. Um, just taking care of some things. I, I lived maybe five minutes from his old house. Sure, sure. And... I just started looking at that piano and there was a, you know, there was a little amp, you know, amplifier and I don't play. Mm-hmm. I do know music pretty well. I'm definitely a connoisseur, but right. I, I don't play. Okay. And I plugged in the piano and I found like one of those Swiffer uh, dusting. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I cleaned it up. Okay. And I started plinking out a few notes. Oh, boy. And it sounded just, you know, it sounded like it, music was always going on in our houses. Yeah. I'm sure you can imagine. Yes, absolutely. But it sounded like, you know, this was, you know, this was Donald Fagan. This was Stevie Wonder. This was what was kind of the soundtrack of my home growing Right. And I don't know if it was a conscious decision in that moment, but reflecting on it several years later, I think it has become, I I think it was conscious. I just didn't know it at the time. Right, right, right. But I think the moment was, I, I think the moment as I'm sitting in that piano, like, I can't keep sheltering my voice anymore. I can't keep, I can't let my own 
mental health journey. I can't let my own um, traumas and yeah. and whatnot define me and keep sure. me from using my voice. Absolutely. And every time I think about my story and my own traumas and my own in my own journey, I flash back to that piano every time. And that I think was the moment when I just realized I can't keep doing this anymore. Wow. And then I got into therapy and life coaching and you know, several years later, here I am on your podcast. Wow. It it, it is it is amazing how a moment like that because when you went to go to your dad's home to do what you needed to do, you probably weren't thinking about what was supposed to happen. You know, we always think what was supposed to happen. Nothing is supposed to happen. Things happen because they happen and we either embrace them or we resist them. And you embrace that moment. And it changed you. You allowed it to change you. And I think you were ready for that change, Ryan. And so tell me after you broke through, and I see this as a breakthrough, um, and started to use your voice, tell me how you shared your voice. How I shared my voice in the beginning yeah. was through my books. Okay. Now, at this time, um, I may have yeah, I actually do have a copy of it. At this time, I was working on my first book. And it's called, it's called, written, 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 yeah, it's called written in the Stone. Written in the Stone, okay. Yeah, Written in the Stone. The The cover is totally different than what you would find on Amazon right now. But, oh, okay. but, but when, I was, when I was working on that book, like... I don't want to say this. Like when I was in process mm -hmm. on writing that book, consciously I knew I was writing it to kind of heal some stuff yeah. after my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. But I did not know the extent of how sick my dad was. Okay. God, you know, how many times that I want to quit even though this was something that I had wanted to do since I was 10 years old oh was right. to write and publish a book. Sure. I've written and published several more since then, right. but um, that to answer your question, Drew, I think this, I think how I've started, how I've started using my voice was telling my story, Okay, telling my story about who I am, what I've gone through and what I've overcome. Mm -hmm. Now, Yes, written in the stone is a work of fiction. Let's okay. not get that twisted. Got it. Um, but there's the, the best fiction is always based off real life. Yes, and there's a lot of myself, a lot of my real life story in that book. Okay, and as I as I grew and expanded. Uh, in my story, um, I started, you know, I created a podcast, I became a certified coach and, but that was kind of the, that was kind of the, uh, that was kind of the germ of it was to just tell my story, share my story and 
you know, do it through my books, do it through my story is how I, how, how I started using my voice. Now, by sharing your story in written form, did you find you found yourself healing from within? Totally. As opposed to healing from outside, from the outside, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So many of us think that we heal from the outside and we don't. We heal from within and, and you allowed yourself to do so. So after after you completed that book, did did dad get a chance to read it? Unfortunately, no. no. Um the the this book, uh, written in the stone, came out the following July. Okay. July of uh, 2015. Um, there was a, I hate to even share this, but there was a, there was a, the first draft of that manuscript sitting on his desk when he passed away. Oh. I don't think he, I don't think he ever read it. Oh, right. Okay. All right. Well, sure. He knows about it, about it now. Yeah. Right. He's he's read it now and he's proud of you. Um, so tell me after that book was out and you started sharing your voice, um, tell me how it started to, to 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 multiply and you started to do it more and where you are now and how that moment of sitting at that piano is that piano still around? Uh, we don't own it anymore, okay. but yes, the piano is still around. My family doesn't own it anymore. Okay. But yeah, no, the still somebody's enjoying it right now. After that moment, uh, where is it taking you now? Tell us what you're doing now and what's transpired since uh, the the book written in the stone has has come out. Well, there's there's kind of two paths on this. The first path is that um, this was during 2014, even before my dad got sick, even you know, as sick as I really understood. Um, he, he, um, I had started working with a, um, I'd started working with a life coach at that time. Right. And I had, you know, this was, a you know, every Monday morning was, you know, me and the same five people yeah. for an hour and a half every Monday morning. And so much of that even after my dad passed away, but so much of that, I really feel like having that kind of support and knowing kind of what that support meant to me is I was going through one of the darkest moments of my life. Yeah. Really kind of got me thinking. And my original coach who has, I'm no longer working with her, but she's still a trusted friend. Uh, Her name is Michelle. And Michelle says to me, um, during a private session, have you ever thought about becoming a coach yourself? Right. And she, she was asking this because she is a, uh, she was a program leader in a, in a coach training company called accomplishment coaching. Okay. And I had known this even before we met, mm. even before Michelle and I met. And I, I was just thinking, well, how can I be a coach when I'm so terribly broken? That's and, a question to ask yourself. No, totally. 
but when Michelle was a student in this in this course, the first session was maybe two or three months after her own mother passed away. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so um so you know, one of the lowest moments of her life. Of course. Um so there's the kind of that symbiotic relationship and you know, I thought about this for maybe a month or so after we had this initial conversation and I ended up signing up for this. Now, I was living in Alabama at the time. Okay. And the and the actual location of the course was in New York City. Oh. So I was traveling back and forth once a month. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's dedication. This was, well, well, this was also before I moved up here. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but, you know, I, I just, you know, really fell in love with just the idea of being able to be that, that support for somebody sure. to help uncover, um, you know, to help them uncover their truth, to help them uncover their story. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a lot of what this work is. And mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, working with your own private clients is that a lot of times, helping them to see the like the own rubble of their own story that's in the way can help them find the results they're really looking for. Absolutely. We all have our blind spots and we really don't know where they are. That's why they call it blind, right? Yep. <laughs> they don't call them blind spots for nothing. Exactly. And then so I, you know, I I've I've been in private practice ever since then. Right. Um now, flashing forward a few years, um, I met this woman named Elizabeth, mm -hmm. who is who she and I have never met in person. Right. Our, like our entire relationship has been on Zoom. But she um, she was also she is also a graduate of this program. OK. And has been you know, publishing books for, you know, for, you know, for several years, she has right. a self-publishing business as well. Sure. And I appeared in a collaborative book that she led called The Great Pause. Now, The Great Pause was a collection of stories. This was published around this time in September, okay. like late September in 2020. Okay. Wow. And it was stories of what we've had to do to overcome adversity through the, you know, through the pandemic sure. that shall go unnamed. But, um, but like, you know, like I said, I, 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 I contributed a chapter to this book and, you know, we've, and, you know, through subsequent conversations she sort of led me to kind of realize I really have a passion for helping people tell their story, helping mm -hmm. people tell their, um, you know, find their voice and right. tell their story. And I have, um, I have a building business in self-publishing books. Right. Um, I have two of my own titles and, um, 
I've got three commission titles so far. I'm working oh, wow. on my fourth. And my very first commission title um, was was the memoir by a woman you may know named um, uh, Coach Glo Favreau. Uh, yes, absolutely do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I published her book. All right. And I'm currently working on the Spanish translation publication of that now. Okay. All right. Which uh, we're recording this in mid-September, which we should, we're, we're looking to get out within about a month or so. Yep. So it may very well be be live once this podcast goes live. Yeah, maybe. But, um, but um, that's kind of the plan, actually. Good. But we've got a lot, um, you know, we've got a lot going on. I'm working on a collaborative book myself, Good. Uh, which I'd love to share a little bit about, um, you know, later on in this podcast. But, sure. um, you know, just really like finding mentors like Michelle, like another coaching mentor of mine named Lisa, Jason, mm-hmm. um, you know, Elizabeth, just finding mentors like that, finding people that may see something in me that I can't see myself. Yes. Has just been a, just, just been a godsend in yep. so many different ways. Absolutely. You know, I, I find it interesting too, that, that um, you're initially, I thought you're, you were going to start sharing your story and voice through music and you went the different route with book. And I just think it's fascinating because there are so many different ways we can tell our story, whether it's body language, whether it's the spoken word, the written word, you know, through music, through books, and you found your passion and you're carrying it forward to, to also work with others who have the same passion. I think that's, that's absolutely phenomenal. Tell, tell us about the, the collaborative book that you're working on now. And right. anything else you want to share before I get to my my last two questions, which I can't I'm so looking forward to asking you. Oh, and I've got I've got an answer for that. Yeah, All you right. you you followed the question before we recorded this. Yeah. But, um, but funny you should mention music. My second novel is called Hello Again. Okay. And it is about a musician. All right. So it it was about my dad so you know finding even the again even though it's a work of fiction finding you know finding healing in those stories is just a real big piece of who i am in that so okay. it, you know it's really funny that you should mention music on yeah, that absolutely um but the collaborative book that i am uh, that i'm working on it's called the expanding man chronicles oh i like that already okay now, the Expanding Man Chronicles, um, ironically enough, I borrowed that title from a Steely Dan song. The first okay. line in the song, Deacon Blues, this is the day of the Expanding Man. Okay. Wow. Um, it's a really important song to me. But yes. um, I, was a, um, I was a contributing author in a book several years ago called Redefining Masculinity. Okay. Now, redefining masculinity. Um, uh, I think there were eight of us in that book, but we, um, but we all contributed chapters as to how we kind of redefined our own masculinity, how we really redefine our own place as men in this world. Right. And the book did really well. Good. 
And this is something, and this particular topic has been something that I have wanted to expand on, pun completely intended. Yeah. But it, that I've been, that I've wanted to kind of tackle for several years now. And that is just redefining and expanding the definition of what it means to be a man in this world. Because men of my grandfather's generation um, kind of think of the kind of think of the Don Draper type from Mad Men, just right. kind of the kind of the stoic, mm-hmm. um, you know, poker face, never show emotion, never yeah. let people really see inside them. Right. Both of my grandfathers were like that, though neither one of them were um like the alcoholics that Don Draper right. was. Sure. Uh, but you know, both of my grandfathers were like very stoic men. Yeah, as a generation. Yeah. yeah, totally. Both ex-military, both mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, um, but both kind of came from that same school. Right. Men from my father's generation, it was kind of that uh that was kind of that hippie sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing. Yeah. And they were in a lot of the men from that generation used that sex, drugs, and rock and roll to cover up their real story. And the men of my generation, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm a you know I'm a Gen X through and through, but men right. of my generation were slowly starting to strip away that stigma mm. of the you know the whole stoic, you know, never show emotion, never get vulnerable kind of thing. And let people really see the inside of just who, of just really what our stories really mean. Right. And the men that I have in this, um, in this book, we have such incredible stories. Like I've already shared a piece of my story. Yeah. Um, if you want to read more about my story, you can read my memoir, Mining for My Voice, hashtag cleanless plug. But, um, but um, like the men in the Expanding Man Chronicles just have such a like wide variety of of stories. Like right. I have one man who was the who was the at one point the acting police chief of Hartford, Connecticut, okay. who, um, you know, fell into some addiction and depression himself and was in an uh, was in a motorcycle accident okay and they had to airlift him to the hospital you know he he survived that you know broken bones yeah you know but they found that he had metastatic pancreatic cancer oh geez yeah um which he has since beaten oh wow but they would have never known that he had that he was so sick. Had he not gotten the accident, he, they had to give him that CAT scan once mm-hmm. they got him to the hospital. Yeah, oh yeah. And I have another contributing author who is um, who was originally from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a successful um, real estate consulting business in New York City. Right. Um. But he moved to Brazil. Uh, he moved to the United States when he was a teenager, okay. and kind of fell into this super religious community, who ended up kicking him out. Oh boy! When he came out of the closet as gay. Oh geez. Okay. 
And his story is all about the like the mentors that really helped him become a man, so to speak. Mm, yeah. You know, writing a resume, how to fill out a job application, how to tie it tie, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Just incredibly powerful stories of just incredibly powerful men just really expanding our definition of just what being a man yeah, means. Exactly. And um, that is set to come out um, before Black Friday. Okay. It's set to come out in November sometime. I'm in the editing process of that now. Um, and um, I cannot wait to share that with y'all. So that, the Expanding Man yeah. Chronicles. That's exciting, uh, Ryan. And, and it's interesting what you're talking about, the generation of your grandparents and your, and your grandfathers, your father, you. And I believe, and let me know what you think about this, that there's a balance that we're striving for as men because we know that we have male and female uh, energy and traits in us. And I think the balance between those two is where we're going to find ourselves because we can be strong and have a lot of that stoicism piece, and we can also be in com be compassionate and empathic, and have a, a lot of that. And it's a matter of balancing that balancing that out, and, and knowing and learning, and and consciously being aware of when to apply what, which which end of that to what circumstance. And I know we can do it. I think awareness is is the first piece. Aware that we have both inside of us and then the knowledge of how to utilize both to our benefit. What do you think about that? Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more because yes, you can still have the, you know, we can still, we can still be strong. We can still be passionate. We can still be, um, you know, we can still have a little bit of stoicism in us. Mm -hmm. Even I do as, you know, as open and as transparent as I am about my story. Mm -hmm. But there's also the place of just getting down and playing with your kids, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. going out and having fun, going out and just really, you know, finding that, you know, finding that balance between your, between your masculine energy and your feminine energy, because mm -hmm. yes, men have feminine energy. Absolutely. But just finding that balance is what makes us whole and complete. Absolutely. Ah, I could talk to you all day. Um, thanks for sharing about the 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 chronicles that are that are coming out. What's the title again? Called the Expanding Man Chronicles. So everybody, so right around Black Friday, you know, November, right around Thanksgiving, uh, plan on finding uh, that, and we'll let we'll let you guys. We'll let you guys know when it's coming out. We'll mention it in the show notes. All right, Ryan. So last two questions. First question. You have the opportunity of sitting down with young Ryan, seven to 10 year old young Ryan, and you want to give him some advice on life. What are you going to tell him? It is so funny that you should mention this because I've been going through a lot of inner child stuff with my own therapist lately. Yeah. yeah. And the advice that I would give that young man, I think, would be twofold. Number one would be 
how do I want to say this? What happened is not your fault. You did not cause any of this. You did not cause the the pain and the and the trauma and the and the and the worry. You did not cause any of this. And secondly, would be to just be kind to yourself. Because you're going to grow up and meet some incredible, powerful people. You're going to grow up and write books that smart people can read. You're going to grow up and be able to share your story with big audiences. You're going to stand on stages. You're going to speak on podcasts. Just be super kind to yourself because the roots of who I become were planted in those days, despite all of the, you know, the pain and the heartbreak that happened during those times. I love that. Be kind to yourself. We should all take that advice because we are not, uh, we're not as kind to ourselves as we should be. Love that advice, Ryan. Okay. So switch hats. You're now sitting down with young Ryan, the young businessman entrepreneur, and you want to give him advice on business. What are you going to tell him? I love this question too. <laughs> Don't be afraid to fail. I love it. Don't be afraid to fail. You know, one of the one of the analogies that I love, I'm a big baseball fan. Right. And it's often been said that you know that if you're that if you're a 300 career hitter and you do this for you know 15 years yeah you're going to be in the hall of fame yep absolutely but something that people can't realize is that a 300 career hitter fails to get a hit 70% of the time absolutely it's all about what you do with those um, it's all about what you do with those hits, what you mm -hmm. do with those failures. Do you mm -hmm. learn from them? Do yeah. you, um, do you, you know, grow from them mm -hmm. or do you let those failures completely stop you? You know, there's, um, there, there's a, a, just a great analogy of, um, there was a old school poker player who passed away yeah. uh, this spring named Doyle Bronson. Oh, okay. Now Doyle Bronson, was like one of the founders of the World Series of Poker, you know, before it became the big behemoth that it, that it is now, and on TV and playing for ten million dollars or whatever it was. Um, but when he first won the World Series of Poker, his winning hand was a ten and a two. Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, you wouldn't think now, that. I'm he ended up system. making a full. He ended up making a full house out of it. Okay, but. That's a garbage hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was 1976. He won it the next year with the very same hand. No. Okay. <laughs> so he ended up taking a, just a crappy hand and making a career out of it, making a brand out of it and winning millions of dollars. I mean, the advice that I would give to my, to, to that, to that young businessman, that young entrepreneur is just, don't be afraid to fail. 
I love that. Well, Ryan, how can people get in touch with you? Because they're going to want to get the essence of Ryan. Absolutely. Well, um, again, thank you so much for the invitation here, Drew. This has been just a real thrill to, you know, to speak with you. And I could talk about this stuff for hours. The audience now uh, has captured the essence of Ryan Hall. And they're going to want to get back in touch, somehow get in touch with you and get more of you. How can they reach you? Gotcha. Well, Again, this has been just a real thrill to speak with you here today, and, and I could talk about this stuff for hours. Um, find me on my website, which is royalheartsmedia.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find my books. You can find my my authors. You can find more information about the Expanding Man Chronicles. That's royalheartsmedia.com. Or I am on the, as I call it, the social media machine at Ryan Hall Writes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, or just a good old fashioned email at royalheartscoaching at gmail.com. Beautiful. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I'm grateful that uh, Oscar introduced us and that you're in my life, and we're going to continue to get to know each other better. Thank you for sharing your story and for being who you are. Keep doing what you're doing because you're doing some great things for the community. My pleasure, Drew. Again, thank you so much for having me, Matt. Of course. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.